Joe Biden talked about grief and healing as he accepted the Democratic nomination for president. There are almost two dozen wildfires burning across California right now, forcing tens of thousands of people to evacuate their homes. And if you've gotten frustrated with video calls during this pandemic, you're not alone, as one senator demonstrated today. The date, August 21st, 2020. The time, news o'clock. Hey, everyone, I'm Hayes Brown. And I'm Casey Rackham. Welcome to BuzzFeed's News O'Clock. And a very happy Friday, Hayes. A very happy Friday. <laughs> the happiest of Fridays. I am so excited to like sleep and just enjoy life mm-hmm. th- on the weekend. It's yep. going to be great. <laughs> uh, before we dive in really quickly, I saw something in Teen Vogue that I want to chat about real quick. It's that uh, apparently... Despite being, you know, distant learning for a lot of schools around the country this fall, they still plan on enforcing dress codes while their kids aren't even in the building. That's absolutely ridiculous. But I need to go talk to these administrators who decided this because I am a grown adult who has worn the same three things on rotation (laughs) every day for the past five months. And they are all tie dye. (laughs) Right. Like I cannot like I can support the idea of like, okay, kids, get out of pajamas, like really like get yourself ready to face the day of learning. But like enforce like strict dress codes. I can't support that. Like let the kids be. They're stressed as it is. If they have like a favorite, like comfy sweatshirt that might not be too like your standards, too bad. Yeah. Like I totally get the point of people being like, listen, getting out of your pajamas makes you feel like separate from like a work life balance kind of thing. But it's like, uh, uh-uh, we're in a pandemic, please. They are trying to do the best they can. Let them dress how they want. If you want to wear a blanket over your shoulders during <laughs> class, because that'll make you feel better. Go for it. Yes. I say. All right. Time for today's top stories. Here's what you need to know. The Democratic National Convention wrapped late Thursday, and after four nights of remote speeches and pre-recorded videos, it seems to have gone way better than expected. We've mostly talked about the big-name speakers this week, but last night, a teenager had one of the most powerful speeches at the convention. Hi, my name is Brayden Harrington, and I'm 13 years old. And without Joe Biden, I wouldn't be talking to you today. About a few months ago, I met him in New Hampshire. He told me that we were members of the same club. We, we, stutter. Braden went on to describe how Biden had shown him the book of poems he'd read from to practice, how to speak without a stutter, and how he marked up his speeches to make them easier to say aloud. Needless to say, Braden was a big hit online among viewers. The idea that Biden is a person who cares was a major theme throughout the convention, right up to his acceptance speech. Alongside his plans for tackling the coronavirus, Biden spoke deeply about the grief the country is feeling. Look, I understand. I understand how hard it is to have any hope right now. On this summer night, let me take a moment to speak to those of you who have lost the most. I have some idea how it feels to lose someone you love. I know that deep black hole that opens up in the middle of your chest and you feel like you're being sucked into it. I know how mean and cruel and unfair life can be sometimes. But I've learned two things. First, your loved one may have left this earth, but they'll never leave your heart. They'll always be with you. You'll always hear them. And second, 
I found the best way through pain and loss and grief is to find purpose. As God's children, each of us have a purpose of our, in our lives. We have a great purpose as a nation to open the doors of opportunity to all Americans, to save our democracy, to be a light to the world once again. In all, Biden gave what most observers, including on Fox News, called one of, if not the, best speeches of his career. And meanwhile, this year's wildfire season in California is already off to a chaotic start, with several uncontained fires already burning around the state. As of this morning, California's Cal Fire website listed 21 active fires, with just the three largest fires alone having burned roughly half a million acres already. For context, that's from the size of 35 Manhattans. The number and intensity of wildfires is a lot for this time of year, sparked by a late-season heat wave and lightning strikes that set dried-out vegetation ablaze. One of those fires, burning in Santa Cruz County, has already prompted around 50,000 people to evacuate their homes. And last night, the University of California Santa Cruz issued a mandatory evacuation order for its staff and students as fires approached the campus. The crisis is also overlapping with the coronavirus crisis. The state usually depends on prisoners paid about $3 a day to serve as firefighters during the peak of wildfire season. But the Sacramento Bee reported this week that the state has, quote, placed 12 of the state's 43 inmate fire camps on lockdown due to a massive outbreak at a Northern California prison in Lassen County that serves as the training center for fire crews. Yeah, I, I'd say there's a much better way to go about that than paying inmates uh, $3, uh, you know, and uh, the better way to do that is to don't do that. <laughs> I completely agree. Like, these are all volunteers, apparently, kind of. I mean, there's been a lot of reporting about this over the years. Which is wild in and of itself. There, there's They shouldn't be made up of volunteers. Volunteers are welcome, but it should be... Uh, an actual thing that the government is paying for. No, I completely agree with you. Like the idea of getting cheap labor to do this, it just clashes up against the idea of like, I can see like in a much better, more egalitarian world where this could be like an actual like work training situation, rehabilitating people, getting them back out so that they have skills to take uh, once they uh, serve their sentence. But the fact that it is basically just being used as cheap labor just mm. really sits weird in the system. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then going back to the DNC speeches last night, just truly last night was such a show of empathy, which really has been lacking these last four years from the president, honestly. Um, and the government is just the word empathy. And seeing that on display was just it, it took me aback a little bit, you know, haven't seen it in a while. Yeah, for sure. Like even just listening to that clip from Biden again just now, you could hear the emotion in his voice and you felt really that pain as well. I mean, someone on Twitter said something along the lines of, there are just so many people in this country right now where if you went up to them, looked them dead in the eye and said, this is so hard. I'm so sorry that this is happening. They would just absolutely fucking lose it. And I feel like that was something that Biden really captured during his speech. 100%. All right, Casey, what have you got today? First, I'm sad to say that RuPaul's Drag Race contestant and fan favorite Chi-Chi Devane passed away yesterday at the young age of 34. Devane, also known as Xavion Davenport, made her debut on season eight of Drag Race, where she was a quick-witted fan favorite. She wound up finishing in fourth place before competing again in season three of the show's All-Stars format. 
Devane became popular not just for her flips and kicks, but for her honesty about her struggle to speak out for gay rights in her hometown, Shreveport, Louisiana. The exact cause of death still isn't public, but shortly after season three of All Stars, she announced that she'd been diagnosed with scleroderma, a disease that attacks the connective tissue between organs. Drag Race creator RuPaul said in a statement, quote, I am heartbroken to learn of the passing of Chi-Chi Devane. I am so grateful that we got to experience her kind and beautiful soul. Next up, Megan Thee Stallion got on Instagram Live last night and directly accused rapper Tory Lanez of shooting her last month. After weeks of wild theories being thrown around, Megan said that the shooting happened after an argument in Lanez's SUV with only her, her friend Lanez, and his driver present. When she got out of the car near her house to end the argument, she said Lane started shooting at her from the back seat. Details about the shooting, which required Megan to get bullet fragments removed from both feet, were originally sparse, with TMZ first reporting that she had glass in her feet. She accused Lane's and his people of spreading that theory. She also explained why she didn't initially tell the police called to the scene that she had been shot. The police come. I'm scared. All this shit going on with the police. The police is, is shooting motherfuckers for anything. The police was literally killing black people for no motherfucking reason. Soon as the police tell us all get out the motherfucking car, the police is really aggressive. You think I'm about to tell the police that we niggas, us black people got a gun in the car? You want me to tell the laws that, that we got a gun in the car so they can shoot all of us up? Nigga, I'm scared. It's a fucking helicopter over us. It's some more shit. According to TMZ and the L.A. Times, L.A.'s district attorney's office is now considering charging Lanes with assault after originally only booking him for possession of a firearm. And singers Kalani and JoJo have both said they're dropping him from planned collaborations. Man, that video from Megan was intense. It is. It's true. Why would she want to say that she has a firearm in that car? I completely understand that. And what a horrible position for her to be in. She had just been shot. Right. And the people who, in theory, are supposed to be there to, like, take care of the person who has shot you. She's worried about his life and her life and the fact that they might start shooting if they realize that there is a firearm in the car. That We already saw the pictures and videos of her limping uh, down the street and leaving bloody footprints behind. And the fact that they she had to go through that is just so much. I mean, she's uh, it's just not right. Right. And the fact that she also had to, like, show off her wounds on Instagram earlier this week to prove. Like, no, this actually happened. Please look at this. Oh, what a mess. I hope she finds some form of justice in all of this. It's just a lot. Okay, yes, I hope she does get justice. Um, and moving on to some rare good news on this Friday, the Great British Bake Off is coming back this year. After delaying production when the pandemic hit, the show tweeted out earlier this week that they'd wrapped filming on the most recent season. And to do so, they filmed for six weeks nonstop, two days on, two days off. Like other reality shows, Bake Off had to find ways to work around the pandemic. In an interview with the British magazine Broadcast, the show's producers said they basically had to create their own quarantine bubble to make the show work. They did that by renting out an entire hotel for the 120 people involved in making the show. That included 20 hotel staff, 80 staff from Love Productions, and around 20 children, chaperones, and dog walkers. And unlike past seasons, this season contestants couldn't go home during the week to practice their upcoming bakes. Instead, Love Productions executive Kieran Smith said they built 12 kitchens where the bakers could do their preparations away from the eyes of their fellow contestants. 
The premiere date for the new season hasn't been announced yet, but should air on Britain's Channel 4 this fall. This is some much needed news. I am so excited now. I am. I'm excited to see what it looks like too. I was I was actually nervous at first when I'd read the story and it was said two days on, two days off, because I'm like, oh my God, no, they they have to go home and be with their families and practice their bakes. <laughs> I was like, they better get ample time to be practicing this. <laughs> and it seems like, yes, especially since they have nothing else to do. Like normally they have to like live their normal lives while they're also shooting this show and like practice at night if they have real jobs. I know. But- I feel like there's like, you know, upsides and downsides to this because it's like, okay, before it was so many weeks where their lives were just like a mess and they were so busy. <laughs> I mean, they all look so frazzled at their at home interviews when they're like, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I got to do my job, but also this. So at least now they could just concentrate on this fabulous show and experience. <laughs> right. But I am sad for us. If it's if it's airing on Britain's channel for this fall, that means Netflix isn't getting it for a bit unless they're double airing it. Uh, probably not, but we'll talk after this about ways you can get around that. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> All right. When we come back, we're talking about the most relatable thing to happen in the Senate's history. Stay right there. Chief-It, we're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat-burning secrets, and lose weight fast. The only thing you need to lose is self-doubt. The body you're in deserves respect, love, and support. Support you're not getting from your current sports bra. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today at SheFit.com slash 2022. I'm Eve Rodsky, author of the New York Times bestseller, Fair Play and Find Your Unicorn Space, activist on the gender division of labor, attorney and family mediator. And I'm Dr. Aditi Narukar, a Harvard physician and medical correspondent with an expertise in the science of stress, resilience, mental health and burnout. We're so excited to share our podcast, Time Out, a production of iHeart Podcasts and Hello Sunshine. We're uncovering why society makes it so hard for women to treat their time with the value it deserves. So take this time out with us. Listen to Time Out, a Fair Play podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Hillary Clinton, and I'm excited to be back with a new season of You and Me Both. You know, when we started this podcast, we were going through some tough times, and let's face it, we still are. But I am a firm believer we're stronger together. So please join me for more conversations with people who will make you think, make you laugh, and help us find a path forward. Listen to you and me both on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. Summer Fridays are in full swing here still, but we have time for one more thing. And today it's Senator Tom Carper having a hard time with his Zoom connection during a hearing today when the committee chair called on him to speak. Is Senator Carper there? We'll move on to uh, Senator Lineford. Chairman, I think Senator Carper is there. I think he's trying to be able to cue it all up right now. Senator Carper, can you unmute? I'm on, I'm unmuted. Okay, there we go. We, we don't want to be on TV again. 
Harper's spokesperson later put out a statement saying, quote, like most Americans in 2020, Senator Carper got frustrated with technical difficulties this morning, but that pales in comparison to his frustration with the postmaster general who's actively undermining the U.S. Postal Service during a national crisis. And yeah, honestly, though, I must ask, who among us? Who can't relate to that? <laughs> I am laughing so hard at the person who was like, um, yeah, I think Senator Carper's there. <laughs> I mean, I mean, that was Senator like James Langford of Oklahoma, who normally I disagree with on like most everything. But this I that was amazing. That was great form, <laughs> Senator Langford. He could have just taken the time and moved on. But now he's like, I, I think that he might be here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have, uh, you know, when my screen should have been horizontal, I've been vertical. I haven't unmuted myself quickly enough. You know, like I do all these things. So I un I understand all these people who haven't had to use technology like this. It makes sense. Right. Um, and it's not just us. I mean, it goes as far. So Richard Grinnell, who was the U.S. ambassador to Germany and also very shortly the director of national intelligence, he had gotten a little bit of a snit about the fact that a CNN reporter tweeted out about uh, that little meltdown from Carper and thought it was funny. But Matt Gates, Republican of Florida, said on Twitter, I have never disagreed with Rick Moore. That video is holding me together today. <laughs> and, and that is the kind of unity I think we need in this country right now. <laughs> I love that. Okay, also, bringing it back to earlier this episode when we were talking about the Zoom um outfits that you have to wear the dress coats. I watched a TikTok last night where it was this, it was this girl who is supposedly in class. And she's like, um, my teacher just said that you can't be in bed. You can't be wearing pajamas. And she keeps ranting about it. And then all of a sudden you hear an older man's voice go, excuse me, that is not what I said. I said you couldn't wear And her face just falls silent because she wasn't on mute. And you just like, she has this shocked face and her teacher's just basically saying what the rules actually are. And it is the best zoom fail and dress code fail ever <laughs> oh my god that that warms my soul that makes me really happy all right everyone listening do you have a story about your biggest zoom fail over the last few months that you want to share open up the voice memo app on your phone tell us your story then send that file to news o'clock at buzzfeed.com that's news o'clock all one word or you can just dm us on twitter we're at news o'clock on there too that's it for today. Join us on Monday for an interview with Ritu Arya from the hit Netflix series, The Umbrella Academy. And remember, the Republican National Convention starts next week, so gird your loins, folks. News O'Clock is produced by Dan Bauza, Alan Haberchak, Mandy Reeder, and Sierra Tall. Special thanks to Tracy Ayers, Mangesha Tikader, Samantha Hinnig, Patrick McMiniman, and Tommy Wesley. Be sure to subscribe to News O'Clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you go for your sound stories. And please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. It helps us figure out what you like about the show versus what you love about the show. And remember to set your alarm so you never miss an episode of News O'Clock. Hi, I'm Randy, and this is Dave. We're the founders of Bombas, the most comfortable socks in the history of feet. So comfortable, we sold and donated millions of pairs. To sell and donate a lot of socks, we became obsessed with comfort. We reinvented the sock from the ground up, adding comfort innovations along the way. It worked. People tried them, loved them, told their friends about them. Helping us sell and donate millions of pairs. Try them now at bombas.com slash comfy and get 20% off your first order. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash comfy. 
This is Roxanne Gay, the host of the Roxanne Gay Agenda, the bad feminist podcast of your dreams. Each week, I talk to an interesting person about feminism, race, writing in books and art, food, pop culture, and yes, politics. We can't escape politics. Listen to the Luminary Original Podcast, The Roxanne Gay Agenda, every Tuesday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The NFL Podcast Network is your home for all things football. Do you love hearing analysis around the league with a touch of mirth? Or maybe you enjoy breaking down X's and O's in the college scouting scene. Do you breathe, sleep, and eat fantasy football? Perhaps you love the funny headlines that emerge each week. What if you want in-depth news coverage with reporters? Or what if you want to know exactly how each team got its name? Well, you're in luck because the NFL Podcast Network has a show for everybody. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.